This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 11th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The Securities and Exchange Commission is telling firms they now must begin gathering and publishing new numbers on executive compensation as those numbers relate to the average worker. The new rule is costly, and it has significant implications for future policy relating to corporate compensation. Thaya Knight is Associate Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. She comments. The SEC has implemented a rule that is required under Dodd-Frank, which will uh, public companies um, that are listed with the SEC now have to disclose not only their CEO pay, which they're already required to do, but also to disclose the ratio of that pay to the median worker's pay. Median worker, which is... I mean, for many companies, that could be thousands upon thousands of people. It could be. And the rule does have some provisions that allows a certain amount of sampling, um, and it gives the company some latitude on how they calculate this. But they still have to make you know, a good faith effort to get the median employee wage, which could include, um, I mean, it includes all American workers, including part-time. Um, so, you know, if somebody works uh, 20 hours a week, that gets put into the mix without any waiting, as far as I'm aware. Um, And with a de minimis exception, foreign workers as well. So what's the problem with publishing a number in their various public filings that maybe investors care about, maybe they don't? I think there are a few problems. One of them is just the cost of doing this. Um, You know, gathering all of this information, crunching the data, the SEC itself has estimated that it would cost $1.3 billion just to implement uh, in the first year, and then going forward, it will cost $526 million a year for companies to do this. So there's the expense. there's also the fact that this this number doesn't do anything. I mean, you know, CEO pay is already part of com- public companies' disclosures. So putting it against uh, median worker pay doesn't really give investors any additional information. And ultimately, it's somewhat misleading because, as I said, you know, it includes uh, foreign workers who, if they uh, are in a country where there's a lower cost of living, it's going to look a lot different than a company that, for example, has exclusively American workers. So for certain sectors of the economy, probably uh, manufacturing, not, not even even high-tech manufacturing, where uh, products are assembled overseas by many, many people trying to get it to market on time, um, this could skew that number considerably. Exactly. And you're also going to see differences across industries. So um, a, a company that has a lot of highly trained, highly paid workers is going to wind up with a much lower number than a company that has a lot of lower skilled, lower paid workers. Um, and, and that's not going to necessarily mean that the CEO's pay is different from one company to another. It just means that you know if you're Walmart and you have a lot of cashiers, they're just lower paid than a company that, for example, a bank on Wall Street that has a lot of very highly paid people. You say that this doesn't go along with the SEC's mission, but why wouldn't this information be considered material by some investors? I think that goes to the question of what in what the SEC's disclosures are supposed to show to investors. And traditionally, the understanding has been that materiality has to do with return on investment. Not exclusively, but if we're making a a mandate for a disclosure across the board, all public companies, no matter what their uh, industry or what their shareholders might be interested in, the assumption we can make is that across the board, shareholders are interested in a return on investment. So the kinds of disclosures that we've looked at typically have had to do with uh, things that would go to companies' profitability. 
This clearly is just about income inequality. And while that might be interesting to some investors, this is not something that's part of the SEC's mandate in terms of what all investors would want to know. And any company can report this information at any time. Any company can report anything. And there are some companies that already do report this information because they've found that their particular shareholders value the information. Um, but to make all companies disclose this is just a misuse of the SEC's authority. Do you suspect this is a, a, something of a toehold for people who are who care a great deal about how much a any given CEO earns in relation to other employees in the company gives them a toehold to say, well, we're not go- we're going to strongly incentivize you to have ratios that are in line with some sort of established criteria that we set up. I think there's a toehold for all kinds of mischief here, honestly. Um, I mean, one of them is exactly as you say, where there might be some idea that there's some you know golden mean of all CEOs should have some sort of ratio, and that just doesn't make sense across different industries. Um, also, this is another incursion into corporate governance. Usually, the SEC, you know, lately they've been moving more toward not just looking for disclosures and looking for um, companies to not be committing fraud, but also to try to dictate how companies run themselves. And honestly, there should be a freedom of companies to run themselves very badly. Um, That's kind of how the market works. I mean, managers should be allowed to screw up. Um, We should have, and that helps bad management get thrown out. It also helps managers to innovate um, because honestly, the SEC is not going to come up with every good idea that uh, corporations should follow. And what we want is entrepreneurial, innovative management going out there and taking risks. And we want them to get punished when they take a risk and it goes badly. Um, and then finally, this is part of a, a number of disclosures, many of them which have been in uh, Dodd-Frank, looking to use, as uh, Commissioner Gallagher said, hijack the SEC's disclosure authority for other purposes. So another part of Dodd-Frank requires that public companies disclose their use of conflict minerals, you know, because of concern about the war in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And while the humanitarian issues there are compelling, um, this is not what the SEC's disclosure apparatus is built for. In movies in the 1980s, uh, Wall Street, uh, among them, probably the best example of them, corporate raiders, the people who would uh, threaten hostile takeovers, other people's money is also a very good example of that. Um, These are people who come in, they buy the company, uh, they strip it for parts, sell off elements of it. Those people were portrayed very badly. And there's been a lot of regulation that has changed whether or not those people exist. But as, as you point out, those people played a role that they're not playing as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're looked at badly because it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of like the wolf hunting the lame deer. Um, We need that kind of culling. And so what that allowed was when a company was being run badly, if there was too much cronyism on the board and the board wasn't being sufficiently disciplined in how it managed management. And CEO pay is one of the one And of those CEO manif- pay is one of the big ones. Um, there would be corporate raiders who would come in and break the company down. Um, by insulating boards against that, it makes it much easier for them to continue to reward a CEO, CEO who wasn't doing his or her job. Um, and the truth is that 
boards tend to, people tend to know each other on these boards. You know, they they aren't formed arbitrarily. And that's natural, and it's hard to completely prevent. I, I, I don't know that a board would function properly if none of the people knew each other until they came into the room together. Um, but you need some sort of external discipline to help boards do their job. And it's much better when you have these corporate raiders sort of lurking in the background, able to come in and actually perform a service for the market to help uh, discipline the boards and then also to come in and take over these companies and put them to better, more efficient uses. Thaya Knight is Associate Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. Read her op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal and at Cato.org.